Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers, a podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Well, on that note, Ashley, tell us what's in the fridge this week. Oh, great. It's barbecue. We're speaking with Byron Nielsen. He's a chef and writer. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. I wanted to kick it off with a question about grilling because in our Vox Pop Food Friday episode, which you can check out at WAMC.org, you spoke a little bit about, well, a lot about cooking meats on the grill. Right. But I have a vegetable question. (laughs) Can you actually brine, smoke, cure, or dry rub with veggies and get a tasty outcome? I'm sure you can. I've never done it. But I do love cooking vegetables on the grill. Mm -hmm. Generally, I toss them in a light marinade of oil and vinegar based and then uh, let them, you know, just get to the point of nearly blackening. And uh, that's it. Great. A little salt and pepper. Um, Again, vegetables have such great flavors of their own. Make sure you include mushrooms Mm -hmm. and onions in the mix and, uh, you know, you really get something there. I'm looking for different ways to make veggies that I don't like taste a lot better. What don't you like? (laughs) Um, well, I wasn't a fan of zucchini until I started using my spiralizer, and now I cover it with sauce, and I can't taste it anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're big fans of uh, cooking it into bread, so, uh, yeah. Yes, my yeah. wife is big on that. She loves it. That's how we use our farm share, part of it. <laughs> yeah, I've never been a fan of zucchini bread because every time I've tried it, it's been dry. Ooh. Mm. And to... and it's a good—you uh, can use it as a weapon because it destroys itself <laughs> in the process, and so there's no clue left. There you go biodegradable weapons. There you go. Is there a time that vegetables should be on the grill? If you can look up like meats that should be on the grill for this long, is there like a range or is it just like eyeballing it? Uh, Well, for me, it's eyeballing it. And usually every few times I do it, uh, I hit that point of realizing I've burned it and uh, (laughs) I've got to start over again. I've been there. Yeah. They do demand a little bit more attention. Is there any way to save it? Say like if you're have peppers on the grill and they roast, you can kind of, the skin pulls away from the inner. Well, yeah, so that's, w- that's, take the, that off. that's the process of, of roasting uh, peppers, red peppers particularly, mm-hmm. is where you do char the uh, skin and then you laboriously peel it away. <laughs> but uh, it's a, it's, it is a good payoff. Yes. Now, delicious. can you do that with other veggies? Uh, eggplant, you can. Oh, okay. Of course, the, the funny thing is once you grill eggplant with the skin on, the skin becomes much more tender and easy to eat. But uh, you, you could uh, you know, peel it away there. I haven't tried onions with their skins on, but there, there's a question. Well, Homework. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to try that one. Tried garlic, but then you always take the skin away after right. you roast it. Well, now a whole head of garlic, uh, if you roast it uh, you know, at a lower heat, then you've got this wonderful paste to uh, spread on bread or whatever. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Almost like what's right in front of me. <laughs> Which is pulled pork, I think, right? Yes. That's, uh, that's a smoked uh, pork shoulder that's been... Uh, Rendered into smaller pieces. And, Looks delicious. Uh, Actually, it's delicious. I've had some on what I'm talking about. And you have the option of uh, of a uh, Kansas City-style sauce, which is tomato-based, or a North Carolina type of uh, mustard sauce. And I, I sweetened both of those with honey from my bee yard. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to try How is that collecting the honey? It's um, it's fun. Uh, it's, so you it's, have the whole outfit? It's wor- Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I have tried to get it, it. One of the big achievements for me was getting to the point where I can stand in the bee yard and have bees, you know, whirling all around me and not flinch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they, there are guard bees that will dive bomb your face, so it's uh, <laughs> it's good to keep parts of you covered. 
And uh, they get grumpy on uh, humid, uh, rainy type days. So if you're out like there, the rest then, of us. <laughs> they'll, they'll go after you. But for getting the honey, uh, you know, then we have a, a honey processing room to which we carry the, uh, the frames. And you, you uncap the wax from them and then the honey drains or, uh, or have a centrifuge to uh, get the rest of it out. And then they just go back to making more? They do. They're very reliable that way. <laughs> how many do you have? Do you have any got, idea? Uh, five hives right now. And do you have any idea how many are in a hive? I'm just curious. It's something like uh, 150,000 bees per hive, I think. Oh, wow. Well, I'm just glad that you're keeping bees because they just make the world go round. They and do. they keep us fed because without the bees, there's a lot of foods that would not be available to us. Yes. <laughs> what got you into that? Uh, my daughter decided to stop eating sugar, uh, refined white sugar, and we began buying honey in ever-increasing bulk until finally the guy <laughs> I was buying it from said, why don't you just keep bees? <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of an investment, but um, uh, it, it takes you over. I've now read many, many books about it, and I, and I can't wait to read more. They're just, they, yeah. they, 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 they get you. They're so <laughs> fascinating. So you never thought about it before then? Not before that, no. And, and now suddenly I'm you know, painting hives and, uh, and you know, bottling honey and stuff I never imagined five years ago that I'd be doing. Yeah. Do you ever snack on the honeycombs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a nice treat to open up the hive and grab that first little bit out. It is. <laughs> and when you're processing the honey, you have a lot of honeycomb that you've, you know, you're dealing with. So it's just the, uh, it's almost instinctive to grab a hunk. Mm-hmm. How did you come to start teaching? Um, I needed money. <laughs> Fair answer. And uh, looking for uh, ways to capitalize on the uh, you know, my experience in the restaurant kitchen. And I'd been writing about food for many years. So uh, it you know, seemed like it could be fun. And it is. Are there any surprises? Um, that my wife and I can work together and do this, prep something like that, then work for two and a half hours and uh, still get along. <laughs> well, I just think it's great because you're, you were already in the genre of food and I mean, I always, I enjoy cooking too. I'm not a chef or anything, but it's almost like therapy. Would you agree? Oh, yes, absolutely. I do lament that the food television, I think, is giving us a, a wrong idea of turning food into a competitive event when it's <laughs> actually a convivial event and is something should be, you know, done in a nice spirit and not with uh, former rugby players hollering obscenities <laughs> at you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's that saying that you can put love in your food, you know, your expressions and your motion. It reminds me of the movie... Um, like water for chocolate, was yes. it called? Yes. Yeah. A chef told me once, uh, I, was, I was learning to make bread, and I said something about, okay, you know, I'm going to you know, take that so-and-so. And I'm, he said, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't ever need without anything but good feeling in your heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've come to realize he was correct. It's true. I think it's true. Maybe I'm woo-woo, but I do. <laughs> well, if you're woo-woo, I'm woo-woo too. There we go. <laughs> So have you had any interesting things while teaching? Any interesting things happen? Um, I'm trying to think. If any disasters we've had, I've managed not only to cover up on the spot, but I've expunged from my memory. (laughs) So uh, it goes fairly smoothly. The best parts are when people really join in um, and when we can get a group, you know, all prepping and chopping and doing whatever's needed and then sit down and enjoy the meal together uh, by the end of it. We always try to make sure people have something to eat when they come in. And uh, I do have to explain that at some point uh, I'm going to go into a zone whereby I'm, I'm just, you know, hell-bent for leather trying to get everything done. And, of course, you can't do one thing and then another and then another. They all overlap because of the way the timings are. So um, 
I do feel bad for the students sometimes when I'm just getting three or four things done simultaneously and it looks like a blur. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also a pro at it, so everything will go a lot faster. <laughs> and when I was uh, first went into the kitchen to cook, I'd been a waiter and the chef wanted to hire someone who'd been in the business but hadn't cooked professionally before. And he said, you're going to get to a point where on a busy Saturday, all I have to do is point my finger and you'll understand what I mean, even if I need to do that. And he was absolutely right because there are rhythms and there is a you know, a set of moves that have to be made uh, depending on what orders are coming in. And it has to work quickly and with great economy of motion. The movie Chef. Yes. Did you see that? The way he went through cooking, I thought they did pretty well in that. It showed you a little bit of how the kitchen works, and, as and, much as Hollywood can actually show the realism. Right. And I think the movie Big Night really gives you a look at how a restaurant works and uh, all the joy and heartbreak of that. And that has inspired me to make Timpano, which is one of the big meals featured in that movie. I've never tried that. Oh, don't. It takes it takes, <laughs> it takes two days to, to put that thing. I, I made all my pasta from scratch that goes into it. And, uh, oh, that's great. It was, uh, it was a nightmare. And then I did it again. <laughs> you had to try it again. I did. A few things that I needed to correct. I have a question about propane to bring yes. it back to barbecue. I have a propane grill, and I know Ray and a very charcoal. And I'm wondering what's the best practice for a propane grill to get the best barbecue out of it. Is there any secrets or... I think you have to uh, you know, use, uh, create some zones so you don't have all the burners on at once. Keep them lower than you think you're going to need them. Um, if you're putting meats on there, you know, sometimes I've, I've used propane and, and uh, it behooves me to put some tin foil below if it forced all the dripping. Or yeah. do it in the classic uh, 60s style and have a little spray bottle of uh, water there to take away the flames. My grill is a lot of flare-ups. It's just getting out of control. <laughs> Especially when burgers are on the grill. Did you ever see a movie called Parents with uh, Randy Quaid? I uh, I, there's some great great grilling scenes in that, and uh, and my tongue <laughs> is a bit in cheek. When, <laughs> my wife can't watch when I'm grilling sometimes because of the flare-ups. Right, like. <laughs> which is actually one of the exciting parts. Yeah. Again, it's that's the primal aspect of cooking. when It's you and fire and, and whatever is uh, smoking there in front of you. And I have yeah. enough hair on my arm that it won't matter if I lose something. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, I mean, cooking over an open flame, the flame, I think, imparts a different flavor. Also, when you have um, wood chips, I don't know if you use wood chips in your propane grill, but you can put them in there, right. too. They have The grill that my parents have have, like, a little area where you can put all the wood chips. And it kind of gives a smoke flavor, but I will say I'm definitely a charcoal fan. I'm not... I dig the smoke flavor to an extent. I'm not totally into the smoke thing totally. I just, as long as it's a juicy, well-cooked, seared a little bit. But a smoked burger is a fantastic thing. (laughs) Next time you come in, I'll... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have to convince him about smoked anything and how wonderful it is. It takes me a while to... Broaden my food horizons, but we'll all I make get there a eventually. smoked food dish and bring it in. That's for you fine to with me. Taste test. Okay, so we asked you for a funny story before you come in. Do you have any? I think uh, most of uh, most of my life is a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I do think I had a certain freedom when I was cooking. This is back in the late seventies, and um, we had a customer who came in. Uh, 
called Big Lou, who uh, worked in, uh, uh, had an investment firm. He was an opera fan, and he, like all good friends of the chef, he would come through the kitchen so he could talk about what specials there might be. And one day, uh, I was fairly new on the job, and Big Lou says, oh, let's have the new guy make me something. What can you make me for an appetizer? And I said, uh, well, we just got some swordfish in. Why don't I make you a, a swordfish Giuseppe Verdi? Great, great. And I didn't know what that was going to be. <laughs> so I lived next door uh, uh, where they housed us. I ran next door, and I had an old Victrola, and I pulled out a, a Caruso uh, 78 of a Verdi aria, scrubbed the record down, sautéed some swordfish and tomatoes uh, in a sauce that I added uh, dill and uh, parsley to make it green, Verdi, green, mm -hmm. right, and served that on the 78. <laughs> And sent that out to him. And uh, we were great friends after that. It was a wonderful uh, bonding thing. But you couldn't get away with that today. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'd like to see that turn up on someone's Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. And thanks for letting us try this delicious food. Yes. Bon appetit. That was Byron Nielsen, chef, writer, and cooking instructor at Different Drummer's Kitchen. This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. And tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge. Mm -hmm.